Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. We open our hearts to you. We open our ears to you. All the noise. There's so much noise. There's so much noise. There's even good noise, but even the good noise. Is that the noise we're supposed to hear? I just pray for the words that this church, that these people in these seats need to hear, Lord. That we just dial down the things, Lord. You have a voice and you're on the move. So we just yield to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you haven't been with us, with us uh, and it's your first uh, Sunday, we are working through James. And James is a, a pretty interesting book. It's a very punchy book. And the guy that wrote this, this letter has been through a lot. About 20 years, he probably led the Jerusalem church through persecution, through famine, through much hardship. And it wasn't like he was in the summer suffering, going, huh, well, at least, at least at Christmas I'm going to Maui. There was nothing off this plane. I think he was forced to somehow reconcile with suffering. And you can see this. This is the person who's talking. He's, he's, he's somehow gone, okay, there's no getting out of this. I can't deny Christ. He's the only one that has the words to life. I have met him. He's obviously he's his half-brother. He knows. He's seen. He knows it's the truth. So in some ways, he's got to figure out in, in, in God, how do I persevere? How do I stand? How do I overcome when there's no trip to Maui? When there's no tapping out? Anyone else want to take over for a bit? The call of God was to put him in fire, and he lived in fire. And so that's the person that's, that we are attempting to relate to, that God would open up for us the truths of what's in him. We're going to go through James 12 to 15, 1, 12 to 15 today. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed are you if you persevere. If you persevere. The one who perseveres. The one who does not flee the one who stays grounded, the one, as Ephesians chapter 2, is rooted and grounded in the love of God. That's why the love relationship with God is so critical. It's not just to feel good. It actually grounds you. It roots you. Persevere under trial. Once he's been approved, approved, diakomus, accepted, it's actually a, a term used at the time in, in Athens around money changers. They were called doacomus. And, and they would use coins like this. And of course, to, to make coins like this, you had to pour liquid into, into these, these, these little um, molds and allow them to cool. And as they cooled and as they, as they were ready to, to sort of shape, they would carve off because it was silver or gold they were made of. It was, it was very valuable, so nothing was lost. Now, as is as what humans often do, you sort of sat there and looked at the coin and go, I wonder if I could shave off just a bit and pass the coin on. And so this happened a lot. And in fact, they passed around 80 laws in Athens at the time to stop people shaving the coins. And the, the, the money changers or the ones that would produce these coins or the ones that would, the coins that would pass through would weigh them. And the ones that weighed them well and were on point would pass them on. And they were called diakomos. And that's the word being used here. Once 
You've been approved. You know, to the naked eye, there was nothing different. A coin was a coin. How do you know if it's been shaved or not? But the skill does not lie. The skill was just unbiased and objective. And I think he's getting at here, his trials prove who we are and what we are. You can have a wonderful veneer. God bless you, brother. Ah, yes, dressed in their suits or what have you. But trials are different. That's the weight scale. It's unbiased. And like the coin, it just, it just highlights something in us of what's, what's really in you. It's like when you squish an orange, it, what's inside comes out. <laughs> you understand trials? Everyone have trials? And that genuineness of what, what you are is on display to the world and to God. And dare I say, on display to ourselves. I find trials are interesting because it actually proves to you what's in you as well. You have ideas of who you are. You have these things that you say, I'm this, I'm that. Let's see what happens when the fire comes, right? Once approved, once approved, you will receive a crown of life. This is what the Lord promises. He's trying to focus us. James is like, dude, you got, I know there's no way off the plane. There's no, this is it. He's trying to focus us in trials. You ever be under excruciating pain? I hate the dentist. I got really bad sensitive teeth. So even when they're chipping away, I have to focus on something because it's actually quite painful. But I know it's going to end at some point. <laughs> but here, here James is making us look up to the future. Much of the New Testament is, is speaking to people that are suffering and they're saying, look up to the hope that's to come. Look up. And putting off the pleasures of today for that which is to come. Paul said this present sufferings to him. And Paul suffered. Go look at it. Like the man, he suffered. Do not even compare to the glory that will be revealed in us. Not to us. In us. What did this man see? What did he see that he would suffer in such a way? What revelation of hope was he looking to? Past all the affections of the world. Past all of the nice cars, the nice this, the nice that. You, you fill in the blank. What is he seeing? I, interesting, one of the famous psychologists, Canadian psychologists, said a very interesting thing, and I thought it was very powerful. He said, you want your future self to thank you today for what the decisions you've made. John encourages us the same. He says, do not fear what you have to what." You're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. So you'll be tested and you will be in tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. And this, these people were in it. There was no way out. They were on the way to the gallows. And you're like, well, if God really loved them, he's going to pluck them out. No, he's not plucking them out. Oh, okay. And all the way until death, they were faithful. What did they see? I read a book called Fox's, Fox's Book of Martyrs early in my Christian faith about people who were burnt to the stake by the Catholic Inquisition. And I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what are they seeing about you that they would not, you know, get people to give a bit or give of their time? No, they gave their lives. The giving of time, the giving of finances, the, that's well past that. They gave their lives. What did they see of Christ? Beyond the religion that we see, the real one, the one that is worthy to give your life to. And that's our desire in the church is to present the real Christ. Because then we can say, 
now we must serve. Even on the streets when I preach the gospel and people say, I'm a Christian, I'm a this. I go, what Jesus did you give your life to? Because the one you gave your life to doesn't exist. Is he sovereign? Is he holy? Is he worthy? Is he above it all? Not just when times are good, but when you're suffering. That's what James is talking. James is so straight because he knows these people he's talking to, they're going to go through such hardship and he wants them to make it to the end. He that endures to the end shall be saved. Understand the, the thrust in the heart that this man has for you. Crown of life. To those, to those who love him. Love him. It's all about love for God. It's all about love for him. Everything that we do revolves around this. I mean, I mean, you get a bit of a glimpse here with John, but it's everywhere. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome to him. It's not like, oh, shoot, okay, I got to do this for the Lord. Lord, I love you. I love God. Critical component in it all is love. And James is going to, in the next verse here, he's going to transition into the subject of temptation. And I believe temptation can often be at its greatest when we're, when we're going through trials. When like, bam, bam. There's, there's this vulnerability when you're, you're just kind of a bit confused. That's why he says, pray for wisdom, man, because you don't know what's going on. You get hit on this side and hit on this side. Lord, give me wisdom. But we often say, get me out of here. Just stop. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. No one is to say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot tempt be tempted by evil, or he himself does not tempt anyone, dare I say, with evil. Tempt here means to tempt, to test, to prove. The way the word is translated depends on the context it's used in. God does not tempt you with evil. But my goodness, God can test you. Who's the oldest? Where's the, where's the first tempt we saw? Job, right? Abraham. Jesus was led out by the Spirit, Matthew chapter 3, to be tempted by the devil. That may seem so odd to you. It may mess with your theology a bit. Temptation. In fact, a lot of, a lot of the uh, Psalms are full of when they were, they ask God to tempt them. It's like they come to the diakamos and, they, and to say, I put my life onto the scale now versus later when I'm found wanting standing before him. I'd rather find out now, Lord, where I'm standing before you. I don't examine myself. I don't prosecute myself. I ask you to pros- you to overlook, you to point. Examine me, O oh Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. Not under guilt and condemnation. I say, Lord, I just need to know. You're the plumb line, not me. Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Carried away here is like it's a, it's a lure metaphor. Jeb, you'll like this. Whoever likes hunting and fishing will understand. It's to lure them out of their hiding place. Apparently, they use apples for uh, deers in the scene. And they're lured out of safety of self-restraint, if you think about it. Right? Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. Self-control. Self-control. And when you're lured out of that as a Christian... And you're, it's gone to sin. 
And it says to, that you are to be, you, when you're carried away and enticed, and it goes carried away and enticed is like in a seduction. It's deeper. It's just there's something in it. There's something in you that's being tapped into. It beguiles. It's, it's alluring. It's deceptive. Carried away and seduced. It, it, it appeals to the deeper things in us. Our own lust, it says. Desires, cravings, longings, that for which is forbidden. It's not of God. What I find interesting about this is we can often blame the devil for everything. Or the government. Or this. Well, what about you? It's so important to know who you are. What you are. Each one is tempted when he is lured away from the safety of self-restraint and seduced by his own cravings. These are cravings within you, each one of us. This is so important for us to understand. Paul calls it the flesh, the spirit in the flesh. It's so important when you're driving down the street and you're annoyed by something that you're just like, oh, you know what's going on. What's going on? Body, soul, and spirit. Self-restraint. No. Paul reiterates this many times. You were not restrained by us, but you were restrained by your own affections. Most people think, I'm free to do X, Y, and Z, not realizing that's the very thing that enslaves you. You're actually not free. You're a slave to whatever you offer your body. You go to McDonald's every, every day for a week, you probably crave McDonald's. You crave what you eat. You crave what you offer yourself to. That's why, that's why these things are so important to understand about yourself. Mark 4.19, but the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Desires. But put on Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. See, it's personal. It's just personal. If our flesh has place in our lives, we have a particular appetite in our flesh. See, when you go fishing, I've limited. I just liked fishing. I didn't like eating the fish in the north. I'm from the Yukon. And it was annoying because you would try and fish for certain fish, and you'd always get pike. Pike, Northern pike go for anything, but not so with grayling. You use a certain lure to catch grayling. You use a certain, certain type of fishing. The way you cast and how you... the the, the, the the naturalness of, of the way you, 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 you uh, reel it in is very important. This is no different for everyone in the room. You have a bad day. It's a bad day. Do you, I mean, it's a weird thing, but I never think about snorting cocaine. Because I never snorted cocaine. It's personal to me. I never thought about going to get drunk. I'm going to get drunk. I had a bad day. I'm going to go get drunk. Nope. How about Bitterness. You know, when things are going wrong, you think, yeah, you know, boss, he doesn't respect you. My husband doesn't even. And it's like the, it's like the devil's like. And, and this is what we do all the time. Every day you're under this. You don't realize it unless you do realize it. It's very appealing temptation. That's why it's tempting to you. There's certain temptations that people have. I'm like, what? Really? That's weird. But there's certain trap lines you've got in your life, either from your spiritual heritage or just the way you lived your life. They're trap lines. They're like patterns 
that you've put off and walked away from, but they're still in the flesh. You know, the flesh is not any nicer than when the first day you came to know Jesus. It's like a mortician putting lipstick on every day. It's dead. It still stinks. The flesh never gets better. God is not sanctifying your flesh. It's dead. And if you continue to, if you choose to walk in it, if you that's what you do, lured into it. And it happens a lot in trials. Dear people, I know this from my own life. It happens so much in trials when you're not understood, when you're rejected, when authorities are, mistreat you. Most people are sidelined by these things. And you wonder what's going on, and you're like, this, it's it then you. You're looking all over the place. Lord, Lord, why can't I? Dear brother, dear sister, I speak from a person who knows this so intimately. After you've taken the bait, after you've... You can see it in your own life. I've watched this. This this is axiomatic. This is mathematical. This is A plus B equals C. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And and, And sin, when it's run its course, brings forth death. Conceived can be translated two ways. Conceived, obviously, a woman who uh, has conceived a child, but also take one as prisoner. Now, pregnant women might often think they've been taken prisoner, but it's interesting when it lust has taken you prisoner. Who can relate to that? Now, I don't know what you guys are like, but I, I've been very lustful in my life in my past. I've fixated on getting that car. I've fixated on wealth. I fix it, and it grips me, and I know when it tips over. I know when I close my eyes and I'm thinking about it. And I feel it just imprisoned. And if I don't wake up, if I don't repent, if I don't go, what, what, what's going on here? Take this thought captive. It gives birth. A little bouncing baby sin. It bears fruit. Oh, a little sin. And that sin ain't nice. And what does it do? When it runs its course, when it's accomplished what it's there to do, when the sin is worse sown into you, what sin is bears fruit of sin. The devil, the thief, comes only, only, only to kill, to steal from you, and to destroy you. Do not play with him. Do not play with what he produces and think you will get away with it. Do not yield yourself to his ways. And think that you can stay in control. You are a slave to whatever you offer your body. It's a powerful three verses there. And I just want to, even though James doesn't get into this, I feel it's important to explore a bit on temptations. It's everywhere, man. It's, you cannot escape it. If you, you people, apparently women struggle with porn too. If you struggle with porn, you've got to be vigilant, dude. If you struggle with gossip, if you struggle with bitterness, if you struggle with anger, if you struggle with the spirit of conspiracy theory, if you struggle with this, the spirit of wokeness, if you, you can get all reinforced on this. And you will find scripture to support your perspective. Not knowing self-righteous people are the blindest people on the planet. Jesus called them whitewashed twos, blindly to the blind. And yet they were the most learned of the people. And yet they were the most blind. 
And when he had arrived, this is Jesus speaking, he said to them, pray that you do not come into temptation. This is the Garden of Gethsemane. They're going there. There's some insight here. Prayer in our lives. How's your prayer life? Do you pray? They didn't actually listen to him, which is interesting, because you always think if Jesus was right here, yeah, well, he was right there. He says, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you don't come into temptation. Keep watching and praying so that you, you do not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, your flesh, is weak. That's why when you walk in it, you are a weakling. You are a wimp. You become a coward. You shrink. That's why he's been given the spirit of God. To walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want you to remember this verse. And this is something I know in, in the battles I've had in my own life, particularly with besetting sins, unforgiveness, bitterness, and things like that. Understand that no temptation is overtaking you except it's common to mankind. You think you're special, I know. You think you have certain circumstances, the things that have happened in your life, the excuses that we make for the actions we have, it's all their fault, that's why I'm the way I am. But man, I know, this. I know humans enough. We do horrible things to one another. Horrible things. That's why Jesus came. God is faithful, so he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. I remember getting a call two months ago, a 60-second Zoom call telling me I didn't have a contract, I didn't have a job. 60-second Zoom call, I got off. And I was like, well, I was kind of excited because I kind of hated the job, but I was like, okay. Going into the fire with him. I could preach a mean sermon. Sing a mean song. I can pray. What's in you, Nick? Get on the scale. Get on the scale. Well, I think I know what my weight is. Okay. Okay. And I remember being in this, this verse here, and I could feel unbelief creeping in. I could feel it wanting to choke out faith. And I remember getting on my knees, and I was like, Lord, Lord show me the door, the way out. Where's the door? It took me five days to find the door. But I knew I wasn't going to, I'm not making peace with you. Although that stupid thing was following me everywhere. You can feel it. Unbelief. Soaking out the, the word of God, the promises of God in my life. The testimony that God is with me and for me. Loud in the ears. I'm telling trials bring temptations. It's like a one-two punch. Neutralized. Yes, I, can, I could come out and make a good speech or make whatever, and everyone thinks, yeah, great, but Nick, get on the scale. What about you, preacher man? But I can tell you my faith has grown. It has not been easy. And I'm going through nothing what many people in this room are going through. I'm almost embarrassed to use my, but this is my testimony. What do I do? It's my experience at this time. But in this world, you will have trials. We all do. We've all been let down by people. I want to give you another simple reaction to when you're tempted. Temptations. Flee. Be saved by flight to escape safely out of danger. Flee. 
from sexual immorality. Flee. Why are you there? Get out. Why are you on those websites? Get out. Literally run. Oh, Nick, I'm a sophisticated sinner. I don't do these things. No, dude, until you get serious. I remember once I had to throw my TV off the two-story balcony because I was struggling with lust. Poor wife comes home. What happened to TV? Well, it's over the top. Look at Joseph. No, but it's real, Doug. Don't, you've got to get real with God. We're real with everything but God, it seems. We're so religious. We're so like, yes, it'll all work out. It won't just all work out. Very few finish well. Very few accomplish the task at hand. Most are intoxicated with the things of the world. And if lucky, we'll get in by the skin of their teeth. I'm just being honest with you. I'm pleading with you in that. Please look at the mission statement of this church if this offends you. It's our mission to present mature disciples into the calling. We're going to call you to who you are in Christ, not who you are in this world. We know what the world looks like. And we will not be able to accomplish what Christ has for us in the flesh. We can barely tie our shoes in the flesh. What do you expect to accomplish the kingdom of God in the flesh? It's useless to God. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee from idolatry. Flee from youthful lusts. Flee. If you're on Craigslist too long and you're looking at motorbikes and you go, uh, the spirit's like, uh, flee. Enough. Talking about myself. I'm telling you, you are a slave to whatever you offer body to you. Maybe when you're having a bad day, you, food's your issue. Maybe you eat too much. You think, oh, that's fine. No, no, no. You want to be, I am in control through the Spirit of God of this body. I am the master, not my stomach. It's a good slave, but a horrible master at the stomach, eh? And it's just something that we just, we all have different challenges in our lives. And you can often look at the guy who's smoking a cigarette going, what a sinner, I mean, like, as we're plowing through a cake. I'm like, well, you know, like, just be straight up, dude. Flesh is flesh. How it dominates you is okay to it, as long as it's dominating you. As long as it masters you. But some we sanctify. And at some point, you just got to get real with God. You got to get on your knees. I beg of you to get on your knees and be real with God. Don't play games. I was, we were witnessing to a guy in a pool this weekend. and He's just playing games. You know, he's just trying to toy with us Christians. What are you going to get real, right? That's, that's the whole thing. Get real. Now, I trust that this last half hour has shed a bit of light on the day-to-day struggles. But I want to leave you with the bonus. Because flee. How do you get the devil to flee? Same word from you. I talk to people. Devil's bugging me. I've got demonic issues. I've got this. Okay. Submit. What? That's the S word, I know. You understand, Nick, I, I'm a, a North American. I live in a democratic society. And uh, Submit. Therefore, to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You say, Nick, I have submitted. I've given him all my, my, my heartaches. I've given him my pains. I've given him my sickness. I've given him, I've given him all that stuff. No, no, no. What about your car, your finances, your wife, your husband, your kids? Submitted. There's no partial submission. You know that, right? You're either submitted or you're not. It's like being partially pregnant. Is that possible? Remember Saul, King Saul? He was told to eradicate the Amalekites. 
And he was completely submitted 95% of the time. And God called it rebellion. And he called it as a spirit of witchcraft. It's just about being real. You know, you go to the doctor, you walk in, doctor, I've got some issues. Do you just want him to tickle you? Oh, come on, how could a person like you have problems? You go, what's the problem? You want someone who's accurate. You want someone who takes a proper x-ray. You want someone who knows how to read the x-ray. I would rather know now where I stand before God as revealed through trials and temptations than on the final day. I'd rather know now that I could produce something of value in the fiction that we live in. It'll all burn something of eternal value to God, something that will break through, something that will stand the test of time and be eternal. I'd rather have impact. And God uses trials to build you, to build your character, and to build your faith. That is the substance. That is what this is all about. Who do you say that he is? Who do you live that he is? Stand with me, please. Praise you, Lord. We praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise the Lord. We exalt you, Lord God. You have done it all. It is finished. Whatever we are fighting with has been dealt with, Lord. We put fresh faith in you, but we submit. I pray that you'd help us, Lord. This is so foreign to us. Lead us in submission, Lord. Lead us in the way. We long to be real. We long to be straight up. I pray for each heart here that you would go across, Lord. That none would escape. That you would draw in that you would reveal. I pray for the calling on each life, the calling in God. Lord God, that each would fulfill, that they'd run well, that they'd finish well, each one. I just pray for the various temptations and besetting sins in our lives, that you would show us the door. Show us the way of victory, not just an instance of victory, but a way of victory. Just pray you release in Jesus' name. I'm just going to ask these guys to play a song and just, Lord, you, we, you, you cross-examine. You, we just yield to you, Lord, to have your way. We don't blame the government. We don't blame our neighbor. We don't blame the weirdness of the woke people. We don't blame the school system. We own it, Lord. We know in you we can do all things. We can take the land in you. Deal with your people, I pray, Lord. Move upon us, we pray, Lord. We long to be separate. We long to be holy. Release in Jesus' name. Release the sin. Go deep, oh God. Go deep, oh God. Release, Lord God, the selfishness and the self-centeredness and the narcissist. Release the orphan spirit. Release from the greed, Lord. Yield to you as a living sacrifice. We yield to you.